0: Well, hi ho everyone, welcome to an all-new year, and an all-new episode of Faux Real. I'm back with you, you know who I am, my name is Devlin Wilder, and I'm so friggin' excited to have you all back. Guys, this has already been one hell of a year, and we're only 11 days in, and I'm sure it's gonna get super, even weirder, heading into Biden's uh, inauguration. Holy guacamole, Batman. (laughs) What a ride it has been. Guys, I really hope that you're feeling okay. I hope that uh, wherever you are in quarantine or if you're still working, that you're staying healthy and keeping in communication with all of your family and friends. Guys, don't forget to, uh, to say hi to your parents every once in a while. Check in with your friends and make sure that they're feeling okay. Everybody's really going through a lot right now. I know that I'm... I'm definitely feeling a lot of feelings, uh, these 10 days and this past year, and I mean, man, there's, there's been some crazy stuff going on. I promise not to get political, but you know what I'm talking about. Wow, wow, wow. And speaking of wow, wow, wow. In this episode, I welcome the incredibly talented actress and puppeteer, Morgana Ignis. How cool is that name, Morgana? It's full of magic and secrets and macabre. And boy, do we have an awesome chat. You've probably seen Morgana as various creatures on Stan Against Evil. Or you may have seen her on The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. And now you can see her, or rather experience her, as Ned the Alien on Earth to Ned on Disney+. And boy, I gotta tell you guys, this show is so amazing. If you love all things Jim Henson, if you love aliens, if you love Muppets... If you love space, if you love talk shows, if you love late night talk shows, or if you love any one of those things, you are going to love the hell out of the show and all of the very impressive work that Morgana does as Ned, inside Ned, you'll hear all about it in our conversations before i get to our conversation i have a huge announcement to make announcement announcement this year this week i will be starting an all-new series specifically with experts and my very first guest is going to be the chiropractic physician and my very good friend robin ellsworth who is really making a name for herself she's been making a name for herself for actually a number of years. And as you'll hear all about in our conversation, she kind of saved my life a number of years ago. And by kinda, I mean definitely. So definitely don't miss, if, if, you, if you're a first time listener to this show, you've never heard it before, and you love what you hear, don't miss out on checking out my awesome expert series that's coming very soon, right to this channel. You don't have to subscribe anywhere new, it's gonna be right here, and uh, the expert episodes will be coming out on Thursdays, so keep your ears peeled to that. As I usually say, and I'm so excited to say it, because this is gonna be a whole new year of amazing episodes, and I'm so glad that Morgana is joining me as my very first guest of this year. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the excellent Morgana Ignis. This has been a day and a week. and the time and the what is happening.
1: <laughs> you know, my it's, it's amazing that at the very least, since, you know, I'm stuck at home, COVID's happening right now, I'm not shooting or doing anything. At least there is so much entertainment. Oh, so much entertainment that I, if I had something to do that would drag me out of the house to go do it, I would cringe at having to like, yeah, it's been literally my TV is on like MSN in my living room, my computer's on CNN, my roommate's on the couch watching it, I'm in here like when the announcement was made today that he lost his Twitter. Yes. I I lost it. I absolutely
0: I, lost it. We all did. I I mean, how how can you not celebrate with I mean, there's still It's, no it's literally like my room.
1: If this was just a long HBO series, which it's going to be one day, one
0: thousand percent. This
1: would be the big finale. This is the big epilogue finale. As he lose the, the post credit sequence is literally them <laughs> yeah, the taking his, all his name off of the Trump Hotel yeah. in Vegas and him losing them. It's all going. It's all going away.
0: Yeah. Bye, Felicia.
1: Like watching, <laughs> Lin- like watching Lindsey Graham getting harassed on his way to like you know they're they're all. It is, it yep. is the, the sum of consequences of their own actions that is now suddenly raining down on them. And yep. you know, Penn's, Mike Pence getting death threats from the MAGA supporters, like it's insanity. It's absolutely insanity, but I, yep. I'm reveling in it. It's schadenfreude to the yep. highest, highest amounts.
0: Unbelievable. Uh it's just it's just so wonderful. I've 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 had so many emotions today. Um, most of them absolute joy. It's, it's well, just... that, that was the thing. is just, you know, when when everyone
1: was really excited, because you know, I, I went out and I like drove in the socially distanced massive celebration in Hollywood mm-hmm. when it was officially announced that Biden had won. But people were like, okay, now we can relax. And I'm like, this is not the time to relax. Like there is going to be so much shit that's going to go down now. Oh, absolutely. Like, like this isn't done. It's not he's, done until, like, he's, he's in office and he's a psychopath.
0: A he's a psychopath. So, it's going to get, I mean, it, you know, it, if we thought the situation at the Capitol was unbridled insanity, the next, you know, uh, 11 and a half days... Uh, I I mean, you know, because, so so he's kicked off of Twitter and Facebook and various other social media now, awesome. But he's gonna create his own and then we'll see what kind of fun comes from that. You know? Here's,
1: here's Here's the thing about it is that his recruitment ability was all based on the fact that he was on major platforms. Like it was the fact that people were able to share stuff and people, you know, people who were unknowing about all of this are just like, Oh, I didn't know that I better look in deeper. And it's like that trap. Apple isn't going to carry whatever service he starts. Android isn't going to carry what service he starts. Right. No one's going to carry that service. It'll be like, it'll be a website that I guarantee he'll charge for yeah. to like go on their message boards or whatever. But it's not going to be a big public thing where it's going to be mixed in. It's going to be his own little fan club. But yeah. the thing is, he's fucking broke. He doesn't have any money. He right. owes a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he's wanted in at least three states for felony charges. <laughs> he
0: sure is. Like, That's he's right. not going
1: to have... Time to start anything because he's not only wanted for these felony charges he's personally attacked and pissed off the DAs at all of them so yes. the news stories are going to be hearing is not going to be about him starting a new empire the news stories are going to be hearing is about him in courts and probably going to prison which I which honestly I I wouldn't oh, have said please, I wouldn't, oh, I, my God. yeah I wouldn't have expected so. at all I'm like that doesn't happen but yeah I wouldn't have expected any of this. So now it's all out the window. Now it's like, yeah, I absolutely could expect him to be in prison. Mm -hmm. So we'll see.
0: Oh my God, I'm gonna run out of confetti and glitter. Um, (laughs) I'm just, I'm so, I'm so overjoyed. And listen, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: I, I am, I got to tell you, just like I wrote in my email, um, I'm probably going to fanboy a little bit, honestly, because I instantly became such a fan of the show. I was just introduced to it, had no idea that the show existed, even though I've had Disney plus and since which was
1: a problem.
0: That's I know. A major, I it, major problem I
1: fixed it. I fixed it. Well, no, it's not just with you. It's, it's, it's the pro The problem is, is that Everyone we've seen who has watched the show has loved it, but they run across it by accident. They run across it, you know, without advertisements or anything. So- What's going on? I, I you know, the, the problem is, is that we're, we're on a Disney platform with Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. And There's a certain amount of money and time and stuff that comes from Disney that gets put into all their shows. And, but there's also all this money coming from the massive merchandising empires of Marvel yeah. and Star Wars and all that. So, you know, we're, we're, we, we, we've got some, uh, we've got a little bit of, you know, younger sibling but, sort of stuff going.
0: One of the million great things about the show though, is if you're a Star Wars fan, it's got stuff for you. If you're a comedy fan, you'll be a fan of the show. Right, if you like late night talk shows, you'll be a fan of the show. If you like random silliness and, and just insanity, you'll enjoy the show. So, like, I, I found it and then I watched, you know, every single episode.
1: <laughs> uh, the, the, the reason I, you know, I, I really lucked out on this and I've lucked out mostly throughout my career in the, in the fact that I haven't really had to do anything that I myself wouldn't watch like there's maybe like one or two movies I've done where I'm just like you don't need to watch that don't 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 even don't even watch that but earth to ned hits all my all my sweet spots as far as like I'm I'm a pop culture junkie mm-hmm. I'm you know especially among the cast I'm the one who like pretty much knew who every guest was they were coming in and I was so excited to get our um Our call sheets the night before to find out who we were interviewing. Yes, you know, I knew all these people. I'm I'm a huge comedy junkie as well. I got brought up, you know, I I really dive deep into the comedy world on Stand Against Evil because you know, being around Dana Gould and Janet Varney and like you know everyone who was involved in this show and then all of their friends, you know, I I I pretty quickly went over that realm. So the fact that most of our guests were in the comedy scene, they were friends of our writers. Um, it was really exciting for me, and I'm I'm a pop culture nerd. You know, I'm a huge I'm I'm a huge Marvel fan. I you know I love Star Wars. I'm a, I'm a massive cosplayer. My main hobby outside of this is doing cosplay stuff. So, you know I'm I was really excited to be a part of a show that that I would be a huge fan of that I had no involvement in it.
0: I love hearing that so much, uh, and it's so wonderful that you are are getting to uh that you've never had to worry <laughs> about not about not doing any projects that uh you're like Ooh. look
1: let, let's be honest i've done so what many- am i gonna be fucking hired for a pfizer commercial <laughs> like am i am i gonna be selling like Sharman's toilet paper or something like that no one's gonna yeah, no yeah. one in their right mind will ever hire me for anything that's not weird and up my alley you know i've i've I gave up on that whole, like, I can play normal thing a long time ago. I can't, I tried it in school and I'm absolute garbage at playing anything but this. So give me, give me demons and creatures and monsters and aliens and weird people who are like me. Like, I can do that. I I really can't work in like slice of life sort of, you know, dramas or whatever. It's not, that's just not
0: me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've, uh, it's it's so incredible, and you've really done it all too. And even with Stand Against Evil, you played, you know, uh, a lot of different characters, which is which is so amazing, and uh, got to la- wear a lot of different costumes and be a lot of different kind of, you know, uh, uh, supernatural. It's th- that's-, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, really-
1: that's That's the beauty, really, of, of special effects makeup. And I really lucked out on *Stand Against Evil* with this. You know, I I met Dana Gould, the creator, on a mutual friends project that we were like both cast in. I was just playing like you know this Victorian vampire girl and that, and we became friends at just these these test table reads we were doing. So this is before we got *Stand Against Evil*, and that project didn't end up panning out. Then hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens one day with it. But Dana you know when I congratulated him on it he's like oh well you know watch out for your phone because I'll be giving you a call and I'm like yeah I hear that you know a million times every day from people it's like oh I've got a project in mind for you but yeah. Dana actually called me and I'd, I had initially auditioned for a completely different character in season one that ended up going to my friend Mark Steger who was um like the spider, the spider monster creature sort of thing. They, they wow. went in a different direction on that. The character was going to be younger and they went for an older father type. So mm-hmm. I didn't get that when I auditioned, but they're like, hey, we have this other character in mind for you. And it was it was Stella Stannis. So it was like the first demon, the, the witch character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while I was talking with them about it, I had just done like another project where I played like a goat demon in it and was showing them pictures from that. And their thought was like, well, if if we have you in Atlanta anyway, we have to fly you out there, we're putting you up. It really wouldn't make a difference if you got put in a completely different makeup and played another character. You know, and, and once they did that, you know, they, they kind of had some bad luck with some local people who said they'd been under prosthetics before and had never worked under prosthetics before. And what ended up happening was, and they're like, oh, we'll just keep her down there and she'll live and die on the show continuously you know we can kill her off in one episode send her back to the trailer there was there was one time during season one that I started my day as Stella halfway through the day got all the makeup taken off cleaned up then all the baphomet makeup went on me and I went back on set to play a completely other character so was it, it, stuff like that happens and it's beautiful because it's it's job security for me, you know? I I don't have to worry about getting killed off. As a matter of fact, I revel in it because I get death scene after death scene after death scene and don't have to worry about losing a paycheck afterwards.
0: How incredible. And to do that all in one day too. Listen, I know the trials and tribulations of um, special effects makeup and wearing a prosthetic. I worked the, um, I've I've played a number of, uh, supernatural creatures and, you know, um, uh, creature characters. And, uh, I worked the Los Angeles haunted hay rides, not, not this past year because, you know, but, um, the two previous years and over the course of those two years, I played three different characters. The most recent of which, um, uh, was a guy named Derek Kolchak, who sort of looked like a mutated termite. And essentially I was part of the, um, the roaming monster citizens, like you know, everyone has their designated spots around uh Griffith Park where it takes. Oh, I, I know too well. I'm, I'm at you know,
1: Horror Universal Horror Nights is my alma mater, so
0: awesome. Awesome. I totally know that world. They never hired me, the fucks. That's okay. Um, <laughs> they can kiss my ass, whatever. Uh, they never call,
1: they never write to me, it,
0: right? But uh, I I enjoyed, I enjoyed the hell out of playing that character. It was every night was a lot. It was a lot, you know, wearing that, that prosthetic for hours on end. And, and I'm sure like, you, you know, you, you tape full days that you've done that. I only had to wear it four or five hours a night. I can imagine. Um, but, but just, you know, all of that, that stress on your face and I have asthma too, so it's always a always situation with, yeah. with breathing. The previous year I had a um, a silicone mask and that was well, don't, those
1: don't those look better, but they don't breathe at all.
0: Not really. Although
1: I have to say, like I I'm I had the foam mask for a while at at Horror Nights, and there were multiple reasons I never wanted to miss a day at Horror Nights, you know. That was what was, you know, giving my my sort of seasonal income and everything. But I didn't want to miss a day because then somebody else gets that mask. Yeah, and that means someone else is sweating in that mask. And then you really realize that what you're wearing is a colorful shaped sponge on your head. Yes. And I don't sweat much. So that's that's an advantage for me is I really don't sweat. But there are some people who were wringing out their mask at the end of the night. And I'm like, if someone else puts that on, I quit. There's no amount of money you can have me. Like, I don't care if you spray that fucker down at the end of the night with, with, yeah, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's an endurance rush to, I was always streets. I did like, you know, I did the the streets at Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it's a massive physical improvisational um, uh, test. You know, you're, you're not only like having to physically keep up your energy and keep it up throughout the night, but if you're on the streets, if you're like around people and you don't have like, you know, you're not in a maze where you just pop up every 15 seconds, um, it's improv. It's, it's, it's improvising as the speechless character. And, and for me, it was also interesting because as you know, when I was in acting school, I didn't expect to be doing this sort of work at all, this was, this was not, it was something I sort of accidentally fell into um, because I I sort of had this, this quick sense of physicality. I was actually a a stop motion animator before I started acting. So I had studied animation, I had studied motion, I had studied giving physicality to different characters so I can animate them. And then once I left that, I was on like Robot Chicken and Moral Oral and like a bunch of shows like that. I brought that ability, that sort of knowledge of, of animation with me to acting school and then immediately fell into character acting. I immediately fell into like how to build a character from the bottom of your feet up and, you know have the ability to like, once I look different become something different each time. Because if, if I didn't know how to do that they wouldn't have been able to use me on something like Stand Against Evil because it would be the same character. It would just be like, if I played three witches on the show, if I didn't make each one of those witches distinct, it would just look like the same character with a different haircut. I'd just be moving the same and doing all the same stuff. So um, working on character development, working in animation, gave me a lot of the instinct and a lot of the ability to then get into like this sort of character acting stuff. But spending most of my time under prosthetics and all that didn't expect that at all. That was a complete surprise.
0: And how how awesome it is! It, it's it's so fantastic. I love doing it. Um, how was working with the Henson company?
1: Literally the best experience I've had of my career, hands down, undoubtedly. Um, the the Hensons have been so wonderful to me. They've been so good, so supportive. Um, it's another thing where I'm, I'm, I, I like you know I I I've talked like another of my castmates who was kind of in the same thing of like how the hell did I end up here, you know? Because I because I wish that I could have childhood photos like somebody like Kevin Clash does of of holding puppets and I was young and it's like I've always wanted to work for the Henson Company, I always wanted to be a puppeteer. But while I love that stuff when I was a kid, I was a big fan of the Muppet Show. I was a big fan of like all those you know had all the Sesame Street stuff and I was little like. <laughs> I was really into all of this. Um, I never expected to work in it. I didn't even know where to begin with working within that world of puppetry. So what, what got me into it was actually cosplay was my in. Um, years ago, I worked with a, a team at Cinema Makeup School to do this uh, big cosplay of Apocalypse from X-Men. I saw and, it. Yeah, absolutely insane work That's on them. Chill. but I. And another character that I voiced and improvised for like four days straight, just staying in character and doing this stuff. So um, after doing that, I kind of went off of of people like being like, oh, you're skinny. You must play skinny characters To, Oh, you're really strong and can carry a lot of weight in these big suits. So um, a a friend of mine, Kirk Thatcher, who has a long history with the Henson Company, he was doing this show, The, The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. And there was a character on it who was a big werewolf. It was a big suit character. Um, animatronics on top of the head, but they needed somebody who was good with physicality and could carry this big suit. So I didn't expect to get it. Cause I'm like, it's the Henson company. They're gonna bring in like a dozen people who have been doing this for years. And went in for the, went in for the interview. I went to the wrong place first. So like oh, no. I screwed it up. I'm going to the Henson lot instead of the creature shop. Um, got there out of breath, it's Like, okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm doing it. And um, ended up nailing it. I, I ended up getting like a email like a couple hours later. So I ended up doing that show with a lot of the same people I'm on Earth to Ned with. So, you know, Michael Oostrom, who's Cornelius was rank on the show, Colleen Smith, who's Betty on, on Earth to Ned was Rose. Um, Drew Massey, who is part of Cornelius's team was voicing Edgar while I was inside of the suit. So we we had a lot of the same people. So it was a little bit of a reunion for us when we all got cast in Earth to Net again. Um, Amazing. But, you know, w- working with them, I, I had some bad experiences in the first industry I was in, which was animation, where everyone was kind of like worried about competition coming in. It's like, we train a new person, she's just gonna take our job. She's gonna, she's gonna be like, you know, it, it, it became a very toxic environment when I was in it. But with the Henson Company, everyone wants you to get better they want you to improve they're excited to share their techniques with you and for me it's all acting you know i i i guess i would i would call myself a puppeteer now i'm technically a puppeteer now oh you are (laughs) you know for yeah i mean but you know that i it was kind of after production it's like oh i guess i'm a puppeteer now um but for me, it's, it's all acting, whether it's doing creatures, whether it's doing puppeteer work, any of this stuff. It's all the same decisions I'm making. It's all the same sort of stuff that I studied in school and was doing on stage before I got in front of the camera. It's just that I have this different conduit to do it through, you know, instead of it just being me, I'm taking the performance and being like, okay, I'm taking my performance and pushing it through this puppet. And during Earth to Ned, I was—I would actually, while we were in reads and stuff, since I was doing the physicality, while Paul was talking on stage, Paul Rugg, who, who's the voice of Ned, um, I would be physically performing it just in my body. If he was talking, I'd be you know, doing all my motions and being very expressive. And that was pretty much how I would think about doing the character once I was
0: inside. How well do you see when you're inside Ned? So,
1: so Ned is really cool in the sense that, you know, it's not like my other characters in which I'm, you know, on Edgar on Christine McConnell, I was completely blind. I've played a number of characters in which I had no vision. It's completely blind. Um, Ned's a control panel. I have my arms up inside of Ned's head. They're actually up above me, holding these two sort of um, metal beams in my hand that, you know, head forward, head back, side, side. Mm-hmm. And then in front of me is this sort of like steel bar that goes from the head down to a place where my feet are to control the body. So I'm actually puppeteering using my entire body, but attached to the bars are two screens. There's like two small little monitors. So I have both- You've got a village. You've got- Yeah, I have have a video village inside of Ned. That's how big he is. He's so big that I literally have my entire body and two monitors in there. So I have like a four way split. And then I have another monitor that is the- um, uh, the script, you know, I have, I have, you know, ah. being set the lines and everything. So I know it's coming up as well for, for the times in which there is a script, which is about half the time.
0: Really? I was going to ask you about that too. Um, are, are things changing a lot? Like while you're shooting? Oh, continuously. I mean, keep in mind, we, we have a
1: brilliant, brilliant writing team. Um, Eliza Skinner, who's the head writer of the show has put together like an amazing group of like, mm-hmm. Fuck young, it. talented <laughs> comedians. I'm sure yeah. you've seen them. Like, you know, a lot of them yeah. are, are very big on Twitter. They're they're all, like, stand-up comics from around L.A. You know, Jordan Morris, Nick Weiger, Sierra Catale. Like, you know, all all these people, they're, you know, they're usually on stage writing, you know, coming up with new material and trying it out for an audience. So I've been on projects that kind of have, like, you know, these old kind of jaded writers who it's like, oh, I know what comedy is. I've been doing it since the early nineties. I know what, you know, I know what's funny. People don't know what's funny today. So you get that stuff, but you know, these people, they're in the thick of it. They're, they, they, they've, they're, they're extremely talented in, in putting the show together. And what they do is, you know, they, they write these scripts, you know, everything starts off with a script. And then obviously the interviews are completely improv. Almost, almost completely improv. Sometimes there's a little, there's, there's kind of these things that are fed into it, um, which, oh. you know, are like beats to hit. Like, you know, for for example, like Alison Hannigan, you know, we we had to put in there the fact that it's of like, course. okay, it's, it's pretty much going to be somewhat loose. We have our questions we're going to ask you like a normal interview and then it's going to take off from there. But we have to hit these notes of like, Ned is in love with you and you have to let him down and, you know, stuff like that. But between... The improvisation of like Paul Rugg coming up with like you know the the insane amazing random stuff that pops into his head, and then uh, Michael Oostrom as Cornelius who like pops in with his quips and you know it, it's very loose in the sense that if anyone wants to drop in, anybody who you know you know any any three of the characters have something to say they can they're free to drop in and you know treat it like it's Conan or something.
0: I have to say. Um... I want to, I want to I, I applaud and give all of the accolades to the writing team, because it really is one of the best written shows, the best written comedy shows uh, I've ever seen. And I mean, it it really does stand on its own as far as a late night talk show. It's silly and over the top, just like you would expect it to be with an alien host and it's Henson and all of that. and And it is, it is very, <laughs> you know, but. Some of those quips and I'm sure you, well, I mean, I know you saw several of my tweets because I couldn't, I went on a, on a tweet spree uh, after well, I was watching the, the first three or four or five episodes and um, I, I just couldn't get enough of it. It was, it's just, uh, and, you know, much like Animaniacs, so much of the humor you really have like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well,
1: I mean, you know, Paul Paul Rugg. You know, his his claim to fame in the '90s was he was the voice of Freakazoid. You know, that was his show. So, you know, he's from that sort of like a lot of that humor feels very like what we grew up with, with like that early sort of Warner Brothers zaniness. But the beautiful thing about it as well is that there wasn't there wasn't too much of a a like strict this is the tone of the show thing for everybody it 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 really is this beautiful blend of of kind of creative visions and creative voices and you know every guest we had on played it differently and it was it was so fun to find out what kind of interview we were going to get because the guest would play it so differently with their own type of humor you know you you would have somebody who is like a very sketch show based person like someone like Paul Shear who knows how to keep a scene going and knows how to like keep this comedy going. but then you'd also have like uh, take Natero who, oh like, God. Tig doesn't change, you know? Tig, Tig yeah, doesn't yeah. adjust to your level. It's like but Brian was talking in an interview, so. And at know, the her,
0: end, she was like, I'm just gonna be myself out.
1: And, it, and the great <laughs> thing about that is, is that that made it such a unique interview because taking, lost it. <laughs> taking Tig's energy and combining that with, like, this zany alien hosting and, and having her be completely unaffected by it, was, was it was brilliant, it turned out so well. And then we'll have other things like, you know, that, that we, we we just kind of leaned into like, you know, Oliver Hudson, you know, we, we you know, leaning into yeah. like, you know, okay, we're gonna just have a roast. We had like, you know, just had fun with him where his interview was mostly like, you know, roasting that he was into and that he had this relate, this like friendship, previous relationship with Cornelius. Like yeah. it, it was so fun to revisit so much of that, especially in the sense of, you know, we obviously don't know what the visual effects are gonna be, so a lot of these pictures popping up and like the visual effects are added in. It, it was fun for me as a, as a viewer, even though I was there to not quite know what was gonna come next.
0: That's, uh, the, you, the show has such an amazing run of guests and uh, you're absolutely right. Like everyone takes it a little bit differently uh, Tig's interview had me, my lungs hurt after that interview. I gotta say, I actually enjoyed uh, Jennifer Goodwin's interview. Oh, so, she was so charming
1: and so sweet. Was she? Oh, I love hearing that. Everyone was, but the, but the thing about the show, and, and this is what they all had in common, as, as different as they all were, and as different as the interviews all were, the one thing they all had in common was is how much fun they had on it you know, I've I've been on projects that have had special guests in, and it's a job for them. They come in, they do their job. It's like, oh yeah, nice to meet you. Go off to the trailer. Every single person we had on the show had the time of their life. They had so much fun. I remember like Darcy Carden, yeah, literally like so on much. the first, <laughs> the first bro. I I freaked out. I was literally when we filmed that was the week in which the finale of the Good Place was happening. So I was oh, I was gotcha. really. It was oh, it was one it was the one guest i managed to get a hug out of so i got, I got oh, like you know darcy card and gave me a hug on the way out which made me melt uh, but yeah. you know the, the first break she took like she broke from like how she was on set to just screaming her lungs out about how this is like the most fun she's ever had on the talk show oh, wow. um, so you know we we really locked out that we got the guests we did but it it you know it wasn't easy because how do you describe this show to somebody who hasn't seen it a lot of the people we got are like you'll notice they've been in other henson things oh yeah. you know we they've been you know they've been friends of the company they've done puppet up they've been in they've they've done muppets now you know if you the henson company calls then they'll join in you know like ru paul was somebody who oh yeah we knew we, knew we were going to get before we even started booking guests because it's just like yeah ru RuPaul will ru paul will just come He'll just get, like, if you call him, he'll show up. But, you know, the, the original, the, the Muppet show, you know, their first season was the same way. They couldn't describe the show to celebrities to get them on. So sometimes in the first season, like, some of their guests were writers who were on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't until that was a hit that they're like, we can get anyone we want like we can get Vincent Price, we can get Elton John, we can get any of these people to come on the show because now they know what it is. So um, when we do season two, hopefully, um, we're gonna be in a position in which I, I think we're gonna kind of have our pick of whoever we want. I, you know, Especially it's that it's kind of getting a reputation amongst circles that it's really fun. It's not just a good show. It's not just like a fun show to watch, but it's a really fun show, show to shoot.
0: When the clods appear, especially when the guests are on, like are they are they like really that close? Are are they as close to the guests as it looks like they are? Because I know Okay,
1: like like you, you have to like keep in mind like there's there's the Ned desk area, like behind the desk. Right. And whenever you see a clod on the desk, that's somebody else who is in what we call the glitter pit. We call it the glitter pit because you notice, um you notice like you know, he Ned wears this black with gold sort of glitter uh-huh. swirls thing. I don't know how that thing wasn't matte black by the end of it because it never stopped raining that gold glitter throughout production. <laughs> if you were down below, anyone who was working the arms like Donna Kimball who was on the front arms or, or Greg Ballora, any, any of those who were swinging Raymond Carr, um, they came out covered in glitter every single time, like gold speckles all over them. So it was already pretty packed down there. But the more clods you see on the desk, keep in mind, that's another person in that pit with us. Oh, wow. And I remember the, 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 the craziest amount of people we had in there was in the dreams episode. Um, there's this shot where Ned is like, you know, Cornelius orders all the clods to like start biting Ned and like to wake him yeah. up. And there's like, I think there's like, like every additional puppeteer we had available had a clod. So even like Colleen, I think, got off of Betty and was like doing a clod and everything. So we had probably about five or six other people in the Ned pits and then people on top within green screen suits on the shoulders. So it was like cramming as many people into a phone booth as you can for a record. Like how many people can we fit in this, in this pit? I love it. But you know, we, we there there was a bit of distance. You can see, like you know, most of the guests had to like you know kind of lean, lean uh, across to get to that's, them. But that's
0: why I was wondering. Yeah, just they just,
1: played so well with them. You know, I I love Joel McHale with uh, with the clods, like shoving his face into their belly yeah. and like giving them raspberries. It's so cute.
0: Joel's a freak, man. Joel is a freak. Joel,
1: like I, I have to be. You know, that interview was great, but the stuff they cut out of it. I almost fell out of Ned laughing. None of it was usable. None of it would ever appear on Disney, (laughs) but there was, there was some stuff from the Joel McHale interview that I, I'm glad there wasn't a mic inside of Ned or you would have picked up me like snort laughing hysterically inside there.
0: He does, you know, he's on every, uh, he's on every reality show panel in existence right now and every time he shows up i'm delighted because i know it's going to be a hoot uh and i watch match game too and you know he's been on there a million times i love him to death i watched uh you know i've seen every se- uh every episode of community a number of times you were on community too right you may a- I, I, so that was the very last stop motion
1: thing i ever did i did I did continuity and puppet fabrication for the community Christmas special stop motion episode. Oh, wow. So that was the last thing in stop motion I ever did. And one of my um one of my memories of that was before Yvette really got into doing a lot of the pop culture stuff. Like, she is such a huge pop culture fan. She loves this stuff so much that. She would show up to our studio. We were doing it at a, at Starburns. Um, she would show up to the studio for no other reason other than she, she's just like, "Oh, there's animation going on. I want to go see this." So she would stop and just say hi and check out what we were doing. And when we had a little screening party, a vet Nicole Brown showed up and like watched it with us and everything. So huh. it was it was neat to see everybody and you know in a completely different way. You know, she's delightful. She's it, feels just, like, it feels like a, it's a very, very different life um, back for me back then than it is now. It's, it's, it's worlds apart.
0: Yeah. Um, if you had your absolute pick of the litter, anyone on the planet, who would you have on as a guest with Ned? Oh man, that's it's,
1: it's so hard at this point. Like I really wanna do a Marvel episode Ah, like I'm a huge, huge Marvel comics fan. Like, you know, you can see right here. Like, these are these are all full, oh. and that's just what I have out right now. This is literally on another box. You know, my my Marvel bill is higher than my BWP every month. <laughs> so, anyone from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we do an episode where we get them in. That would be incredible. Um, I would love to get Billy Eilish. On the show, oh, yeah. I think like yeah. she would be so perfect. I think she'd be such a funny interview and would mesh so well with the show. So, I'd love to get Billie Eilish on. Um, I'd I'd love uh, Henry Rollins. Oh, I would love, yeah. love to have Henry yeah. Rollins on. I think that he would be an amazing guest. That would lead you know lend himself well to any number of subjects, mm-hmm. like any number of things we can talk about. I think I think Rollins would be amazing. So we'll see hopefully um before we start there will be a suggestion box that we can all
0: <laughs> just drop it in
1: yeah just drop it into who you know we'll, we'll get our pick and we'll all, like you know we each get one we each get, we'll each get like our our chosen guest
0: uh all right so out of out of all the marvel universe and i know how hard this is i see all your gears turning number one number one if you could have one person Across all the MCU, who would you pull in?
1: It's got to be it's got to be Downey, it's got to be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I I, I honestly like. There's going to be so many. Chris Evans would be fantastic. I think Brie Larson would be such a pleasure mm-hmm. to have, um, but you know, even though he's kind of he's kind of past that now, um, I just I just think Robert Downey Jr. would be so funny. I, th- I feel like he would just absolutely kill it. But yeah. you know, I I wish we were, I wish we had the sort of late night sort of thing we have going on right now because I, I've been like cross promoting it while talking about the show on Twitter. But the thing I've been anticipating higher than anything else has been WandaVision. I'm so beyond excited for WandaVision. One and week like, maybe, one week. Yeah, yeah. Having, having Elizabeth on there, like having her on, you know, having both of them really on there yeah. on the show to like promote WandaVision. It'll happen. Uh, man, I would, I, if we had, during COVID and we had the ship set up, like we could have them on to yeah. talk about WandaVision. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Yeah. Or Tom Hiddleston to like have him come Ooh. in and talk about Loki. Um, right. Bastion Stan and Andrew Mackey, like they, they were all these Marvel shows it, it's it's a special sort of thing for me to see these Disney bumpers get released that have Earth to Ned and these shows in them because it's like I'm I haven't gotten into the Marvel universe yet, but a character I'm performing is in the same montage as stuff that I've been the biggest nerdy fangirl of for my entire life. So you know that's it, it's an amazing thing to be part of like. Disney and Disney Plus, and know that the show that I work on is right next to all these other shows.
0: That's pretty amazing. I can only imagine the elation of that of that feeling when that when that cross promotion trailer came out. Uh, I did see that, It's so it, cool. It, yeah, that was
1: the second one. The the first one um, when the first season was released, or part one of season one. Right. Um, was it was wolverine it was like it was ned and then it was hugh jackman wolverine oh uh, speaking of which he's in disney right now ryan reynolds having ryan reynolds on with to ned that would kill that would absolutely kill
0: could you imagine if he if he came on as deadpool like a meta on top of meta on top of meta i mean
1: we, we did that with the star wars episode which was right. a lot of fun yeah. you know we you know having Golden, that was cool yeah, having the weird thing where you know we were simultaneously in the Star Wars universe, but also we had Billy D. Williams on. so you know <sighs> Billy D Williams. It was I... Billy D. Williams has the 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 air of coolness that he radiates. like we were all just in awe. He was like royalty entering the stage. You know, And he was somebody who was so fun to have this go on with because he was another person that was just like there for the ride and completely sold talking to Ned like they all did. But he was another person who was just kind of chill. He was just sitting there talking with an alien, you know? And he did, uh, when he did the line for us, when he did the line where he's just like, I think he was like, you know, well, hello there. Like everyone on the room, everyone's like, he did the line,
0: he said the line mind blown. Yeah. Uh this is uh this is such a lame claim to fame but I I actually got to meet him very briefly. I have uh we have the same appearance manager like for conventions oh. and stuff. Uh and uh that manager has like a Christmas party every year. So I met him at one of those Christmas parties and and uh I was <laughs> in a moment that I'm I I, I'm I'm very glad it happened, but I'm also very embarrassed of it because I I'm a very Christmassy person, and I was wearing a very loud, um, uh, uh, you know, Will Ferrell elf shirt, um, and you know, amazing. You <laughs> didn't think anything of it, but I was like, oh, that that was a poor choice. <laughs> I mean, he, you you saw
1: what he you know when he showed up in the show in, in like oh. in the Ascot, you couldn't like. I wish we could have gotten a close up of his shoes. He came in in like the most amazing pair of like wingtip shoes you've ever seen. Oh, wow. They like I think they had like a metal tip to like the front of them, and they were they were some sort of reptile like reptile skin sort of thing. But like he, you know, he, his style his style was just beyond. It was, it was so cool, and you know, it was a it was a. I had the best seat in the house for all of it because. You know, our interviews go well over an hour each time and we have breaks in between, you know, we have to have breaks cause our poor, the poor hand puppeteers especially have their arms up the entire time, you know, I'm in a chair and it's not too much of a struggle for me, especially since I'm used to much harsher, I'm used to stunts and I'm used to all this stuff, but you know, you need to take breaks with puppeteers. Um, when I come out of Ned, because of where I'm sitting, I'm sitting next to the guest each time. So I usually get to talk with them and get to converse with them and, and, you know, kind of, kind of shoot the shit. So for, for all, you know, I, I, I was one of the few people on stat that it's like, this is an opportunity where I can just kind of casually talk with each person we had on. And that was a wonderful thing. You know, I tried not to fan out over, over everybody, but you know, like with Darcy, I was like, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm going home tonight to watch the penultimate episode of the good place. And, um, Alan Tudyk, I got to talk to because Alan, um, at the time that we were we were working on this, was just about to go into production on his new show that he plays an alien under prosthetics. So we got to kind of bond over that and talk about that whole thing. While I, you know, we we also talked about a uh, Doom Patrol because you know I was talking about how he must have just reveled and just you know had such a blast on that show. So. That was that was truly a joy. I was I was waiting for, I was waiting for the jerk to show up. I was waiting. It's just like they can't all be cool. There's no way that we're gonna luck out and every guest is gonna be a joy. But even like you know, guests I knew nothing about. who I? I you know that I didn't know anything about like Nene Leakes. You know I I don't know anything about any of those reality shows or anything like that. But she was so sweet. She she had such a good time with it. So, you know, it was it was really it was really cool with everyone. We ended up having on board.
0: I'm so glad to hear that about, uh, about Mini and I, I was just going to ask you about that. Um, as far as, you know, uh, if there were any guests that were, you know, uh, not having it. Um, but it sounds like they're, they're all, you know, it's, it's, it's all it's a joy so hard thing. to not enjoy it. I mean, it, it's so the hard. atmosphere, the whole thing
1: combined with the fact that it's, you know, it's a wild thing to experience because you know we 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 made sure we actually kind of talked about it because at first we were all gonna like kind of meet, you know, meet the guests first, but i I talked to him and I'm like, i I really want the guests when they come on stage to see Ned alive. I don't want them propped over the over the table. I want like when they come to set, the first time they see Ned, I want Ned to be able to say hi to them. and you see like them go on stage and they have this apprehensive look on their face of, okay, what did we get into? What is this gonna be? Alien talk show, this it gonna be weird. But the minute Ned started talking with them, the minute he came alive and like said hello to them, they just brightened up like, this is amazing. This this thing is animated and talking to me. And none of them had an issue holding conversation with them, you know, cause it it feels you could do this live. You shouldn't do it live because it would be a total pain in the ass to do it live. And maybe we will, hopefully for a convention one day. But um, you can absolutely do it live. It's designed that way, so it's not hard for the guests to really lock in on Ned and be able to have a conversation with him, like he's, you know, Conan O'Brien or somebody.
0: I uh, I worked with you mentioned Alan Tudyk who I love to death. Uh, I worked with him very briefly on uh, Con Man that he did as sort of a uh, streaming Firefly reunion with Nathan Fillion. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the the coolest, most congenial, like, breezy kind of guys, just just fantastic. I can't wait to see his new sci-fi show because it, it looks so much fun it and it was, again it was just having we had you know continuous ship
1: loyalty showing up to the show It's like we have Lando coming to the ship we have wash coming to the ship so you know I can't wait to see like who we who we have
0: next I'd love for weird Al to show up make, you know,
1: I feel like he would absolutely be a gut. I feel like we could absolutely get him for a second season. Um, we already did Star Wars, but wow, would I love to have Mark Hamill on! You know, to you know, I, he's another person. I think he's he's so naturally funny that I feel like he would roll with it so well.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, like some of the musical guests that you've had on too. Uh, uh, like the um, uh, the random appearance from uh, why, why is my mind blank? Um, Lisa Loeb? Yes.
1: Okay, <laughs> yes. I literally like, without seeing the script while I was on set, I think I was talking with Michael Lewis from at the time or, you know, or, or someone and was literally joking. Like, I know we're doing this awards episode and I so hope we have a sad montage for the Clods. Because, the, the you know, one of the jokes about the claws is they only live, like, a week, right. you know, when they, they explode or something. I think that's how it goes. So, I'm, like, I really hope we do an in-memoriam to, like, all the claws we lost this year. So, when I found out we were doing that and then saw on the call sheet that Lisa Loeb was going to be coming in, I lost it. You know, I, I I thought, it's like, that is the funniest bit. I think that was it might've been a Jordan Morris bit, but it's so funny. It's so hysterical. It really was. Uh, So, you know, and and yeah, it's having more musical guests. would be a lot of fun. You know, the musical guests we had on were great for those musical numbers. The whole musicals episode turned out so well. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see again, how we elevate it for season two. You know, we have the ship. So a lot of our budget from building that ship is done. We just uh, pull it out of storage and put it together like a jigsaw puzzle again. But, it, you know, that's why I'm so excited about the possibilities of doing more is that we've, we've spent an entire season figuring out what worked, what worked best for a show that's like very experimental. And now when we go into season two, it's like, okay, we, we know what the game plan is. Now we can just build on top of that.
0: What would you uh, What would you like to do, uh, like across the board again, carte blanche? Like, uh, if you could pick a role, I know you like to do like very dark and macabre and you know, creaturey kind of things. Uh, if you could work on anything you liked in whatever kind of character, uh, what would that be, and who would you like to work with?
1: I'm I'm trying so hard to get out of being hidden under prosthetics. You know, I'm trying so yeah. hard to play non-speaking creature roles. You know, I'm kind of past that. I've mm-hmm. I'm very proud I'm very proud of the work I've done, but I feel it's like I don't know if I can go further with that. You know, Ned's a different deal because Ned does talk. It's just not necessarily my voice coming out of it. So, I'm looking at more stuff where I'm visible and, you know, I'm 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 outside of that. You know, my my dream project, especially like, you know, going off of Marvel is doing X-Men stuff, you know, doing, doing, doing X-Men projects is Uh my number one, almost everything, everything about like, you know, some people who are religious, who kind of, you know, base base who they are off of some sort of religious text or anything like that, you know, do that. For me, it was like early 2000s X-Men comics literally made me who I am. So doing that within the Marvel universe when that time comes would be amazing. you know it's it's important to me for a lot of reasons it's also a little bit difficult and it makes it even more important because representation is a really important thing within the industry as well and um you know being uh being openly transgender in the industry and 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 sort of being in the mainstream where i'm on a very mainstream show uh trying to break out of being hidden and being more visible within it is a challenge but it's also something in which I have a little bit more privilege and a little bit more ability now that I'm not my foot in the door but literally in the room of just what am I doing in the room now so covid has sucked in a million ways but at the same time it has kind of allowed me to um sort of rebrand you know sort of sort of rebrand myself and and prepare for whatever my next phase is. So I've I've been working hard on that. I've been working hard on playing more characters within the genres that I've been playing. Almost everything I do is like sci-fi comedy or horror comedy, fantasy comedy, or more, you know, or more serious roles. But um, I'm excited to find out what like the next year brings and and you know how I can how I can make my career go on, or whatever the next step is.
0: If you could play an X-Men character or if you could play an X-Men character would you would you be one that's uh, that's already been established or would you want to bring a completely new character to the to the realm
1: I would I would rather do a new one the the the, the, the unfortunate thing is is that you know there for for everything for as amazing as X-Men is there aren't any transgender characters in X-Men, which is very bizarre. They have like, they have a million different types of like bizarre characters in X-Men, but they don't have a trans character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, I wouldn't want to deal with the public backlash of like, oh, we're going to make this character transgender for like the TV show or movie or anything or, or something. But mm-hmm. um, I know that world so well that I would love to get a new mutant. I would love to get a new mutant that. Uh, I can play with and develop and do something with. Not that, you know, if I was given the opportunity to play somebody else, I would definitely jump into it. But I would love to take a new character within that X-Men world, especially this new one that we have right now. I'm reading the Krakoa books. I'm reading the stuff that Jonathan Hickman has put together and established. And I would love to play another character on that island and bring that into a live action base. But, you know, you've, you might have seen a lot of the characters I do. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of domino. I'm a huge fan of Magic. I'm putting together a lot, a lot of other cosplays I'm going to be doing next year. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of continuously uh, going to these conventions and auditioning to be in an X-Men project.
0: It's going to happen, and it's going to be incredible. I, I can't wait to see it. I really can't. Um, absolutely. Uh, wow. Morgana? Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I, you know, you're incredible. I, uh, you know, you've got such a, um, you've got such a a wonderful array of all that you do, you've, and your puppeteering on on Earth to Ned is absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to see more episodes. And uh, you know who Ned interviews next, and I can't wait to see more Clod movies because they're absolutely hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I know we'll be doing a lot more with the Clods, undoubtedly. And you know, finding out, ho- hopefully, doing just doing more world building in general. You know, and, and finding out more about the other aliens and other life forms out there in, in Ned's universe.
0: It's awesome. Um, I can't wait to see more and, and uh, what you continue to do um, in the show and outside of the show. And um, I really appreciate you joining me tonight. Thank you so much. I, I really had Thank a blast you. talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. This, is, this, is, this has been really cool. Uh, where can people find you around social media and things?
1: Um, I'm all over, uh, Instagram. So Instagram is Ignisgram, Graham. And unlike the president of the United States, I have a Twitter page. <laughs> so you can find me at Ignis Twote on Twitter.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Morgana, thank you so much. Um, We'll we'll see what uh, what unfolds over the next few days. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It's- I'm,
1: I'm getting messages that the that 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 it's it's blowing up again right now somewhere. So we'll we'll see what happens. I guess so. we'll come out of this properly. <laughs>
0: uh, enjoy your night, and um, yeah, see you out there. Well, have a great one. You too. Remember, you can follow me as always across all the places at Devlin Wilder, that's D E V L I N W I L D E R, and Faux Real at Faux Real Pod, that's F A U X R E A L P O D. That's it for this one. See you on the next one.